Hello, everyone, and welcome to One for All, the weekly show where we rewatch and review the anime My Hero Academia. And we are back. I'm Annabeth, and this is Nancy. And this week we are going to be talking about season three, episode 22. A talk about your quirk. What do you remember about this episode? Uh, this is the episode where we find out who wins the tests. Important information. Important information. Very important. And there is also some tension between Deku and Bakugo. Imagine that on a, this show. A big surprise. Yeah. How, when, when does that ever happen? <laughs> Every fucking week. <laughs> it's difficult to talk about our week considering we just told you about it. We're filming two... Filming. No, we're recording two episodes today. So there is literally no new news because it has been all of five minutes. It's been all of five minutes. You've... I'll tell you what the news is. I turned over the laundry, mm-hmm. and I'm going to the tax place in about an hour. You know, you got to pay your taxes. It's really important. It's one of those things you can't avoid. Yep. Not great, for sure, especially this year. But that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to bore you with our tax drama, so let's... Also, just not a good idea financially. <laughs> yeah, also not a good idea financially. But let's jump into the episode... All right, and we're back. We're back with test results. Yes, we finally get a reveal of the names that are on the screen. And it's great because we see, we focus on Deku, because obviously he's the protagonist of the show. Him looking and looking and looking and trying to find his name, which, because it's by alphabetically, basically, it's right next to Mineta. So you also see Mineta looking, looking, and looking. And then Deku discovers that he has passed. He did it. He did it. Yeah, which isn't too surprising. I think he did a pretty good job in both tests, so it makes sense. And we lose like a minute or two of the episode as it pans from character to character to character to tell us that basically everybody passed almost. Almost. It's kind of funny the way that they do the reveal because, you know, you get one another character from Class A saying, I pass, and another character saying, I pass, I pass, I pass. And then you start to think, well, maybe everyone passed. And then you get to, I think it's Kurishima, and he's like, I pass, but, uh, um, because he noticed that there was a name missing from that list. Yep, and Bakugo did not pass, and neither did Todoroki or Anasa. Um, and I remember when I first saw this, like, it was really well set up for them not to pass. It makes sense why they didn't pass, but when you just think about power levels, it doesn't change the fact that that is actually pretty surprising because they are arguably the three strongest heroes there yep and everybody in class 1a is surprised by this Mm -hmm. but aside from bakugo the other two know what they did wrong yeah yeah i mean bakugo just and as we'll talk about later this episode he can be very smart but he can be very dumb when it comes to stuff like this um so he's just more frustrated um and we see an interaction between Inasa and Todoroki, where Inasa apologizes, basically. Slams his head into the ground. Again. Again. He's going to have concussions, too. Yes. And, you know, Todoroki tells him, you know, not to worry about it. You can tell that they're trying to... They they both know what happened, and they don't both realize that they didn't pass for a reason, and it was the same reason. Yeah, and, you know, Todoroki's like, it's cool. Like, I created this situation. It's my fault. It's fine. They They have a nice little scene 
Kaminari makes some comment to Bakugo about how he should rethink his language mm-hmm. choice. And Bakugo is not pleased about this commentary on his performance. Yeah, and you see, like, most of the students are pretty understanding, except for Mineta. Oh, Mineta. Who sees the fact that their top two in the class didn't pass as something to be celebrated. He's and, the worst. Yeah, I mean, I know that, like, Bakugo is not always the most likable character, but, like, celebrating someone's downfall right in their face like this is pretty awful. That's okay. Tenya knows that and basically shuts him up by pressing his cheeks together until he can't talk. Yeah, we get confirmation from the test takers that they are going to share with them the breakdown of their scores. Like, they, everyone goes and they hand out pieces of paper to show where they all lost points and they could figure out what their grade is, basically. And some people do a lot better than others. Like, we find out Ojiro barely passed, but people like like Momo, like... So she, the 94. Yeah, she was basically a straight-A student. Uh, Deku got some points taken off for at the beginning where he didn't handle the kid initially all that great, but it was more than enough to pass. Tenya got 80 points, and he is he's very excited to be criticized because it gets to show him where he can improve. The test proctor has a conversation with the test takers about the responsibility of holding your provisional license and how they're now allowed to help in emergency situations, fighting villains, rescuing people, stopping criminal acts. But that comes with a huge responsibility and anything that they could do could cost someone their lives. So he encourages them all to redouble their efforts and their focus at school as they continue on their way to being excellent heroes. And this is especially important now because of what happened with All Might. The fact that, you know, All Might is no longer, you know, the big number one hero is constantly emphasized, actually, the past couple episodes. And that there will be villains on the rise. And more than ever, they're going to need to have good heroes fighting. And the secondary point to this is for those who failed, they're going to have another shot. They can go to this three-month class so that and take an individual test to get their license because realistically the first test here was to weed out the people who just weren't cream of the crop mm-hmm. but these 100 who passed they need those heroes mm-hmm. and they realize that even if they failed there's room for improvement and they want to improve them so that they can get their license there's this is good because there's actually a little reflection from Deku earlier in the episode where he wonders listen if there was never any point like if there was never any chance for the students that had already failed to basically catch up and get more points then what was the point of them even staying in the ring and this was basically the point for them to continue to show off their stuff yep and we have a great scene after everybody packs up for the day where Deku is looking at his provisional license and I love how they show that license pictures are terrible Yes, always terrible. His eyes are so big. But Deku was really excited about this. Like, he sees this license. He gets all giddy over himself. Ochako kind of surprises him, and he gets all embarrassed. But he sees this as, you know, sign of his own personal growth. And he wants to take pictures of it and send it to his mom and send it to All Might. And it made me think for a second about how you're not supposed to take pictures of your license, like your driver's license, because it has an identifying number on it, and people can steal your identity that way. So I had a... Of like a knee-jerk reaction to that, but I suspect it's a little different. It's like a blockbuster membership card? Yes, 
Oh, God. Here we are again with making the reference for things that are, like, ten years old. <laughs> More than that. First the Chilean miners, and now Blockbuster memberships. What's next? You going to reference the Unabomber or something like that? That's more than ten years. Yeah, it's That's one like, of the ten years. Twenty years. Good lord. <laughs> well, I'm old, so <laughs> y'all are going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Anasa comes speeding out mm-hmm. of the facility, waving to everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Todoroki, I'll see you in a couple of months, but I kind of still hate you. Sorry about that. And like people sort of reflect, like, is that supposed to be like complimentary, complimentary and cheerful? But you know, I guess to him, he he sees it that way. Like he sees it, you know, here he is being cheerful and happy and nice to this person he does not like. Deku takes this opportunity to go talk talk to Shiketsu about their ability to hide themselves from sight. To which cousin it says. Hey, we don't do that. No, like, what are you talking about? Um, and, like, he tries to figure out who Deku was talking about, and he mentions Kami. And, like, Cousin It, I know that's not his name, I can't think of it right now, mentions that, oh, you know, she was feeling a little off after the tests, and, you know, she went off on her own. And actually, now that you mention it, she's been really she's weird. She's acting really strange lately. Like, maybe she's not a sexual harasser. That would be great. And it's revealed that the sexual harasser is the one we already knew about. Yep, it's the same, you know, female sexual harasser. Um, we get like a cut over to Cammy walking down like an aisle, an alley and talking on a cell phone. And like she starts to transform as we saw before. But instead of transforming into Cammy, she transforms into Toga. Yep, the League of Villains was there, and she's mm-hmm. got some of Deku's blood. Yeah, and we see her tell this to her fellow villains over the phone, and that she's going to be returning to them. And that promises, you know, problems for the future. Yeah, and now we know, too, the only other character earlier in the series who she got a hold of their blood was Ochako. And yes. she was able to turn into her during the exam. So, it doesn't get addressed here mm-hmm. at all, but... During this episode, I was really worried about what happened to the actual Cammy. Yeah, like they don't tell you what ended up happening to her. I feel like until midway through season four. Um, so you have to wonder, like, oh my god, like, is she dead? Did she just steal her blood? Did she like lock her in her room or something like that? But anyways, this scene is definitely uh, more a setup for stuff that's going to happen in the future. And there's actually quite a bit of that this episode. For all that there are a few episodes left this season, uh, there are little bits and pieces, or and some bigger pieces, that are more about setting things up for next season. The next the next big scene is exactly that. Yeah. It's All Might and All for One in prison having a chit-chat. Yeah, and All for One just really isn't appreciating the accommodations that come from this prison that they call Tartarus. He complains about, you know, the restrictions... He, com- he complains about the fact that there's a gun on him all the time attached to a camera. And they're monitoring his brainwaves and his movements and everything else. If he so much as thinks about activating his quirk, they're going to fill him full of bullets. What's really interesting about this is I'm not sure that would be enough to kill him. Yeah, um, like you, you see they're going to very extreme measures uh, to sort of keep him under control, but I don't know. What's really interesting about this conversation is despite the fact that All for One is in prison, in bindings, is mm-hmm. only kept alive by his breathing apparatus, has guns on him, he feels like the character who is in control of this scene. Yeah, he is speaking to All Might, and it's interesting because you see All Might and he is 
you know, dressed in his, you know, hero outfit, but he's shrunk in All Might now. Um, and it gives him, it puts him in a position of weakness. But this conversation is clearly, you know, very important to him. He wants to talk about Shigaraki. Yeah, he wants to know where he is. And Oliver One's like, nope, have no idea. He's left the nest, unlike your little, little bird. I also think that it's funny how much this scene feels like an homage to the end of X1. The first X-Men movie? The first X-Men movie. In the prison with Magneto and Charles. Yeah, it feels like that a bit. There's there's a, a nice shot of that shows all for one talking, and also All Might's reactions through his reflection on the glass, and their faces sort of overlap each other, like you know, clearly showing how they are sort of like connected in two sides of the same coin and stuff like that, which I think is really cool. There's this really interesting conversation throughout about what's happening now, right? All for one's not supposed to have any information from the outside. Yeah, they even like yell at All Might, the person who's overhearing, saying he can't know anything about the news. But he still knows what's going on. This man is a Machiavellian Mm -hmm. villain. Like he's a mastermind. And with the power to back it up. Mm -hmm. And he accurately calls in his hunch Mm -hmm. what's going on in the real world. Media being anxious about Endeavor and All Might's retirement. Villains on the rise in the shadows. The very same thing that we just had referenced in the exams. Like, this is the reason why, you know, they need to have so many good heroes is because this is going on. All for One knows about this. He's picked up on it. Yeah, and he points out to All Might, he's like, you're powerless now. The only thing you're going to be able to do is watch as everything you fought for falls apart. You know, there is... This interesting moment where All Might kind of asks him what it was all for. Like, if Mm -hmm. you're an immortal, like, why do you need a successor? And why do you need all this stuff? And All For One's like, hey, you nearly killed me. Mm -hmm. And, like, I have to be on a tube these Mm -hmm. days. I'm just passing on, passing on my legacy. Yeah. I like how you mentioned how he's very much in control of the conversation. Because when he talks about, like, the problems of the wall, of the world that's going on right now. He points out the fact that, you know, All Might, it's pretty much your fault because everything was fine when you had, you know, the power and stuff like that. But now that you've fallen, this is all on your shoulders, basically. And we know that All Might has, you know, these sort of issues with guilt and stuff like that. You could tell that it, he that he really feels that. Like, you think at the moment he's going to try to, like, punch through the wall or something like that. I don't think it would work. All for one get, definitely gets a rise out of All Might. He stands up and he's angry and he's upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then his time is up and he needs to leave. But not before All Might tells him, you're the one who's going to sit here and watch your legacy vanish mm-hmm. in this place. Like, I'm not going to let Shigaraki kill me. Yeah. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna fix this. Yeah. And he's, you know, you know, comments about how, you know, you're going to be here for the rest of your days, which All for One kind of comments on skeptically which makes you wonder how long is he really going to be in this box he's too big of a villain to stay away forever just yeah thematically and narratively he'll be back in one way or another he'll be back um but that was the macro plot that was the macro plot's appearance and we see all might sort of reflect on this driving away from the prison with sakauchi and he gets a text message from deku With his license. Dad Might is so proud. Very proud. Back at the dorms, Deku is very excited and waiting for his text message back from Mm -hmm. All Might. And everyone's actually very excited. Well, almost everyone, because everyone is looking at their licenses and they're really excited about, like, the future ahead of them. But, you know, Bakugo, he doesn't seem very excited. And it's not just because he didn't get his license. Yeah, he totally bumps into Deku. He's like, hey, meet me outside later. 
want to have have a chat. Have a chat. About your quirk. Yep. And Deku, you can tell he's not looking forward to this. No, not at all. But he does show up. Yep, you know, good on him. He does end up showing up. Night falls. And we have the scene where Deku follows Bakugo. And we have kind of this nice parallel where it shows a flashback of when they were children. And Deku following Bakugo. You know, sort of indicating that he's still following him, um, which I thought was nice. They go to, like, what is it, test site B, beta test site B? Yeah, basically the place where they had their first fight. You know, when they had, you know, when it was Deku and Ochako versus Bakugo and Tenya from season one. This six minutes of episode is where we get to see that Bakugo is so much smarter than anyone ever gives him credit for, like, within the, the show's narrative. Mm-hmm. Because he basically outlines how he has figured out the secret of Deku's quirk. Oh, yeah. Like, he points out, like, you know, he talks about how he he realized that Deku basically told him in season one that, you know, he had a quirk from someone else. And that Bakugo has realized over time that Deku has made that quirk his own. And now that we have just met a villain who has the ability to take quirks from others and give them to others, including... You know, one of the, the cat ladies, one of the pussy cats. He realizes, based on All Might's weaknesses, that Deku now has All Might's quirk. Yeah, he points out that you've been different ever since All Might came to town. All Might and the the big villain boss, they knew each other. Mm-hmm. That guy had the ability to take and give quirks away. Like, All Might was getting weaker for the last, you know, X amount of months. Like, he just puts everything together. Even mm-hmm. if some of that evidence is circumstantial... It's enough for Bakugo to make a working theory. And when he posits this to Deku, Deku doesn't deny it. No, I mean, he reflects, you know, back talking to All Might and how All Might doesn't want him to tell Bakugo. So we really can't, but you could tell he also doesn't want to lie. So he just doesn't say anything. And Bakugo takes this as an admission that it's true. And Bakugo is really upset because both of them wanted to be like All Might and... Deku was a nobody mm-hmm. for his whole life. And you can tell that Bakugo is upset that his great hero acknowledged this person he thought nothing of mm-hmm. and passed him over. Yes. So the tables have turned. Like now we're in a situation where it used to be Bakugo was the top dog and he was the one that everyone respected. But now Bakugo didn't get his license. You know, he didn't pass the exam. He failed. And Deku is the one that has these amazing powers now, and Deku passed. So it looks like, you know, Deku is ahead of him. Or is he? Well, yeah, and it's this is a very short moment, but Deku tries to explain, like, you not passing had nothing to do with your power level yeah. at all. Which but, is we obvious, I think, for any, anyone watching to see. But Bakugo doesn't want to hear it. He just no. tells him to shut up and fight me, <laughs> because mm-hmm. we're teenage boys, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to solve our issues with fists and violence but yeah i think this scene like perfectly encapsulates what bakugo's strengths are like we know we is he is a strong fighter and that's obviously one of his strengths but he is also when he needs to be he is incredibly smart like he can piece things together very well but it also shows what his weaknesses are because he's unable to see that the reason why he fails like bakugo's biggest issue is bakugo it's not any issue of lack of intelligence. It's not any issue of lack of talent. Bakugo falls short because of him. Yeah, and you can tell that 
in this request for a fight, in this discussion, Bakugo is trying to figure out what it is about Deku that All Might sees. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't understand because yeah. Deku's always been hot garbage to Bakugo. Yes. So he's like, let's let our fists do the talking and let me see what you can actually do when we don't have a bunch of teachers. Yeah. Like, watching over us. And it's interesting because why, of course I want to see this fight because it's awesome. And, like, you know, it's personal and it's emotional and all that stuff. But I don't really think it will answer the question that he has in his mind, which is, why did All Might choose you over me? Because, you know, Deku wasn't chosen because of his combat abilities. Deku was chosen because of his instincts to run into danger and protect people. But he doesn't see that. Deku was chosen for the quality of his heart, not yeah. for his any literally anything else. Deku was chosen because he is like All Might, as is pointed out many times. They they have a, a lot in common, and Bakugo may have you know what might be an All Might power level one day, but he isn't like All Might in other ways. This when this was airing, this episode really gave me pause because I was like, here is an opportunity for this character to break mm-hmm. really badly. Yeah. Like he's at his lowest point right now. And that's always where characters make their worst decisions mm-hmm. typically. So I definitely ended this episode uh, with bated breath. Yeah. Like what's <laughs> going to happen next? Is this going to be where Bakugo does something terrible? Is this going to be where Bakugo steps up? What is going to happen next? And we'll have to find out next time. Yes. Because that was the end of the episode. That is the end of the episode. Like, this episode wasn't so much about the fighting. It was more about tying things off the exam arc and then setting things up for the future. Did you like this episode? Yeah. I don't like it as much as the one that we just watched because there is a lot of, you know, setting up and stuff like that. But I feel like the character work between the two of them, uh, Bakugo and, and Deku, at the end of the episode is really good. I did not see the surprise with Cammie coming the first time I watched this. I think it's very effectively done. And I like the the tension between All Might and All for One. That scene was really good. Yeah. Like I said, you get the feeling throughout that scene that despite the appearance that everyone else is in control, it's very clear that All for One is in control mm-hmm. of everything in yeah. that room. And you can argue the fact that he's in control of everything beyond that room. Like, the reason why they're, you know, structuring the exams like this, the reason why Class 1A is even taking the exams is because of All for One and the actions that he have taken has taken. Like, that ha- is impacting the entire show. So he's not just in control of the room, he is in control of the whole show. This is another moment when the story shows us why All for One is the big bad Mm -hmm. even in a moment of weakness he is in a moment of power yes like again master class on character Mm -hmm. so good who gets your plus ultra character of the week this week honestly this is hard because it's figuring out who goes beyond in an episode where not too much happens but i guess i'm gonna have to give it to bakugo because of the fact that he was so smart and able to put everything together with all might and deku no one needed to spell it out for him he figured it out all on his own. I think that's a really good nod. And mm-hmm. I think that normally I would give it to him, but I'm actually going to give it to All Might. Mm-hmm. For despite his powerlessness and the change in status, 
he remains the symbol of peace. Mm-hmm. He remains defiant in yeah, the face of evil. He still puts on his costume. He still shows up, even if he doesn't have the power he had before. And you can tell, like, his resolve to make a difference before he dies, like, eventually from his injuries, presumably, mm-hmm. is very clear. He will not be bandied about like a <laughs> a, a powerless rube mm-hmm. uh, by his greatest enemy. Despite the fact that he has no powers left. Really interesting. Like you pointed out how all for one in that moment is, you know, he's tied to a chair. He's bandaged. He has a gun on him if he even thinks about doing something messed up. And how in so many ways he has been depowered. And then you have All Might, who in so many ways has been depowered, but still has power. Yep. All Might's power. <laughs> I mean, yes, it one for all is an amazing quirk. That can do some crazy stuff. But a lot of All Might's presence in his just commanding charisma comes from him. He himself it has nothing to do with his quirk. Mm-hmm. His ability to be the pillar, the symbol of peace, had more to do with who he was as a person and less to do with the power that he was given. And isn't that an interesting parallel to what's going on right now between Deku and Bakugo, where Bakugo is unable to see that the thing that made All Might so special, you know, exists in a form in Deku. And it's not has anything to do with Deku's quirks or anything like that. It has to do with his heart. So more going on this episode than you might think. Absolutely. Now we are all, we're all done. All done. We're all done. So if you want to talk to us about that wonderful scene in the prison, do so on Twitter. We're at One For All Cast. If you want to follow our individual projects, you can do so also on Twitter. I'm at Incidentally Anna, and Nancy is at... Watch Nancy Tweet. Now, if you love the show, we'd love for you to give us a rating or review over on your podcatcher of choice. It really does help us out. We really appreciate it. And a special thank you to everyone who has reviewed or rated in the past. Also, if you're looking for some good superhero fiction, please check out my series, the Red and Black series. All about a nerdy girl who becomes a superhero. We have three books out right now. And the fourth book is coming out on the 26th of April. So they're coming available. Coming right up. Coming right up. They're available in ebook format, paperback format, or as part of your Kindle Unlimited subscription. Now, lastly, I want to thank all of you for listening. We wouldn't do this show without you. You give us all the feels when we see those download numbers every week. And also, we wouldn't be... Well, we, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say we wouldn't be anywhere without great opening and ending credits, but it certainly does help. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Richard DaCosta for those. Uh, he's a great composer who made those specifically for this show, and we thank him so much. And very, very, very lastly, thank you to Nancy for continuing to do this show with me every week. Put up with my shenanigans as I point out the fact that even though you didn't hear it, she called Deku Deco several times today. Words are hard. We will be back next week as we dive into Season 3, Episode 23, Deku vs. Kachan, Part 2. See you then. See you then.